Brother Walmer, that we heard. And uh, you need to understand, my wife and I don't mean to be disrespectful. We're driving 160 miles to get here in the morning. And we have to kind of pace a little bit. We got another service tonight. But anyway, we're having a great time. We love Brother and Sister Cameron, your pastor. We love Elder Cameron and his wife. We love the saints of God here. And we got an honor and a privilege to be here. And I just want to see the great move of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And um, I want to mention one other thing. I want to say that your your worship, amen, your team that's singing and playing the guitar and the drums is really tight. It's really, really good. They're coming along really, really good for as long as they've been good. I mean, it's been awesome. And uh, I want to mention that. I've, I've played the guitar for about 42 years. <laughs> and uh, I know that not everybody that plays the guitar uh, gets brought in there and keeps good timing. Good timing is so important. And you guys have got good timing, good singing. And uh, the words up there really help me when I'm standing there trying to sing along. Hallelujah. And so I like this today. Amen. Everybody happy? Say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. How many love the Lord? Yes, sir. How many would love to have the power of the Holy Ghost in your heart, in your spirit, in your life? Really inside, Christ in you. The hope of glory. And we've just been praying for a move of the Lord. I can't give anybody the Holy Ghost. And I can't heal anybody's body. And I can't forgive anybody's sins. And I can't restore their mind or their thinking or their marriage or their life or their home. But he can. Yes, sir. Amen. And we've been praying that we could all be yielded to him. Yes, praise God. Let's, let's just have a glorious time in yes. the Lord today. Hallelujah. Let's have a glorious, amen, move of the spirit today. Can we? Praise God. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God. If we could uh, open our Bibles uh, today. To the word of the Lord, and um, let's first turn to Second Samuel. Pardon me, Second Chronicles, the uh, seventh chapter. And just the fourteenth verse. Praise God! If you have your Bible, please turn there. Make sure that we're in the Word. This is God, amen, speaking an answer to Solomon, the new king, David's son, in answer to his prayer and all the dedication. And they say that the streets of Jerusalem were literally flowing with streams of blood from about 120,000 bullocks that were slain. The dedication of the temple for seven gallons per bullock, you can estimate that. <clears throat> It was, uh, they, they gave, amen, extremely to the Lord at this time of the dedicating of the temple. But God said this, just this verse, if my people, verse 14, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Praise God. And then if you could turn to the book of Ezekiel, uh, chapter number one. Amen. Boy, there is a beautiful presence of God here today. Amen. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. 
Amen. It's not hard to receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Bible says in the last days he would pour out his spirit, which means almost implies indiscriminate outpouring, but it's not. We have to repent. But God is so willing. He wants to pour it out in many, many lives, many, many cultures, many, many lands. He wants a harvest, wants the banquet table full at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Praise the Lord. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 1 and verse 4, And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, and a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself, and brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof is the color of amber, out of the midst of the fire. And also out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures. And this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. Everyone had four faces. Everyone had four wings. Their feet were straight feet like the soles. Their feet was like the soles of a calf's foot. And they sparkled like the color of burnished brass. And they had the hands of a man under their wings on their four sides. And they four had their faces and their wings. And then uh, in the 8th chapter, in the 10th verse of this same book, there's one more mention of these cherubic creatures. And I'll just read verse number 8. And it says about them that there appeared in the cherubims the form of a man's hand under their wings. And I want to preach for a while this morning what I've uh, prayerfully, I think, received from God. I want to find out God's order for a miracle. God's order for a miracle yes. in our lives. Yeah. Could we just go to the Lord in prayer where we're standing? Lord, we love you today. God, thank you for and we thank you for the songs, the worship, God, the shouting. We thank you for the privilege to give God, to the great cause today, on earth. Lord, We thank you for the mighty word God. we've already heard taught. We thank you, God, for the blessing of the Lord, room over us and the place to worship God. You place your name here, Lord Jesus. As we, Lord, are the people of your name. I pray that you anoint the lips of clay to bring the word. And even more, anoint the ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And we're asking you, Lord, to fulfill thy word and do what only you can do. Pour out your spirit, Lord, in this place. Answer prayers in this place. Heal broken hearts, men, homes, and marriages in this place. Jesus in your name. The Lord bless you. Amen. Solomon, amen, was dedicating the temple. The temple that was seven years in building. The temple that uh, by today's economics... If you calculated all the labor, there was over 210,000 people involved, if I remember it right, uh, plus about 3,000 overseers, and plus everything being overlaid with gold as it was, and uh, everything being quarried from a distance, amen, and carried over, I guess, rolling logs that, that uh, teams of oxen pulled, amen, so that, amen, everything fell perfectly into place. They say that to today's money, it would be something like a trillion dollars to build Solomon's Temple, one of the ancient wonders of the world. It was exceeding magnificent, as one of the prophets stated. Amen. So it was completed, and now the dedication time came. And Solomon was spreading forth his hand before the Lord, before the altar, and before hundreds of thousands of the people of God, the Jews, 
amen, that, that day about 3,000 years ago. And he was praying that God would put his name there, that he would look upon that temple, that when anybody prayed, amen, and towards this house where God's name was, that God would open his ears and hear from heaven, hear the prayers that were prayed, give them victory in battle, give them blessing in their crops, blessings in their homes, amen, give them protection, provision, amen, and righteousness and salvation as a people of God. Hallelujah. Yeah. And God answered that by saying, if my people, which are called by my name, right. who's called by his name? We are today. Come on, we are today. When you're baptized in Jesus' name in the water, hallelujah, we have his name. Praise God, emblazoned on our spiritual forehead. Amen. We're one of his. Praise right. the Lord. Amen. If my people called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and forsake their wicked ways, amen, then will I hear from heaven. Praise God. Amen. I want you to catch something. Amen. God is telling Solomon an answer. Amen. Protect us. Bless us. Be with us when the enemy comes or when we go out against the enemy. Be with us in the time of harvest and crop. Amen. Feed us. Amen. Provision us. Take care of us. Amen. Uh, hallelujah. And God is saying, if my people. In other words, the first thing, amen, that comes in the order of getting God's blessing and the windows of heaven open up. Come on. Then when I open the windows of heaven is we've got to do, amen, what we can do. Yes. We've got to do our part. We've got to pray. We've got to seek God. We've yes. got to forsake our wicked ways. Come on. We've got a part to do, and our part must be done first. That's right. The order of a miracle in our life is not God. Amen. Doing his part first. He's already done his part. Yeah. Amen. On Calvary. When someone said, how much do you love the world? And God, amen, in Christ Jesus, amen, opened up his arms to have it nailed to the cross and said this much. He loves us. He loves you and I. And he died for us when we were evil and contradictory towards him. Praise God. Oh, praise the Lord, everybody. I'm telling you, God's order, amen, for the miraculous in our life, amen, is we do, amen, what God has told and chosen for us to do. If my people, it starts with an if, it starts with a condition. If my people, called by my name, yes. we got to do our part. And if we do our part, God, God yes. will do his part. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Amen. We read to you some unique scripture, and I'm not just searching through the Bible to find oddities. But Ezekiel, amen, was a young prophet uh, of God. Amen. And he was carried off also into exile. Amen. Most of his life in ministry, if I recall, it were spent in exile to Babylon. And he was encouraging, amen, the people that had been carried over there from Israel, the captives, amen, in the ways of God. And that God was going to rebuild. God was going to give blessing. And in answer to his prayer and fasting of Ezekiel and his companions, amen, by the riverside, amen, it says here that God, amen, he saw in this vision, and God, amen, in a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and fire enfolding itself, and brightness was upon it. Come on, a vision of the coming down of God and the throne of God. Hallelujah. Oh, what a blessing. Hallelujah. You know, when you pray, God will hear prayer, and he He'll answer prayer. And if you want to see him, he'll make a way that you see him. Yes. Come on. I 
So they prayed, amen, extensively, fasted, amen. And hear the vision of the whirlwind. Come on, he rides the wings of the wind, amen, the psalmist said, talks about God. When the Holy Ghost first came on the day of Pentecost, it was what a mighty rushing wind that blew into that upper room where they were sitting and praying for the last 10 days. Hello, everybody. And that wind wasn't an accident, amen. That wind, amen, carried, amen, the very embodiment and glory, amen, of the Lord through those windows there, praise God. And the Holy Ghost sat upon each of them. There were cloven tongues like as a fire, amen, over the heads of each of them. And they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God, amen, gave them utterance, praise the Lord. The great cloud, fire enfolding itself, brightness like the brightness of the sun. And he sees something here. Amen. Out of the midst, amen, of that throne, amen, that came screaming out of the heavens, so to speak, was the appearance, amen, of four living creatures. And they had the basic appearance of a man. I don't know how, amen, that all calculates or works out. When it talks about their different faces and it talks about their four wings, amen, but somehow, amen, the oppression was overwhelming. They had the likeness of a man. They had four faces, four wings. Their feet were like calves' feet and sparkled like burnished, polished brass. They had the hands of a man under their wings. Amen. God wants us to realize something, praise the Lord. Even angelic beings, come on, and these are special. This is a special order of angelic beings. There are seraphims that have six wings and cherubims that have four wings, and then there's angels that have no wings. <laughs> come on, everybody. And God wanted us to see and wanted Ezekiel to see and identify, amen, something about those living creatures, amen, that were created to surround the very throne of God itself. He said they had a likeness of a man and was a likeness of a man's hand, come on, at their side. And over that hand, come on, was the wings of the cherubim. Come on, praise God. I'm going to talk about a divine order, hallelujah, for a miracle. I'm telling you, the hands, amen, first they got to do what they can do. Come on, we've got to, amen, use our heart, our energy, come on, our strength, our faith, our works. Praise the Lord, everybody, our prayer. We, amen, the hands have got to do their part, and when they do their part, come on, then the wings, come on, above the supernatural, praise God, amen, begins to the order is not that the supernatural moves and then we get to work it. Some people come into church and they come into the house of God and they expect or think they have a preconceived idea. Amen. That God is just going to fall upon them. Or God's going to just kind of pry open their mouth. Amen. And just jump down their throat and come in in the power of the Holy Ghost. But the Bible says he inhabits the praises. Yeah. Of his people. That means he lives. He takes up residency yeah. in praise. Praise is the red carpet that your tongue rolls out. Hallelujah. For the Lord. Amen. To step on and come into your heart. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Amen. Hear my voice and let me in. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, first, the hands have got to do their part. We human beings, amen, have got to first do some calling, first do some praying, first do some seeking, yeah. come on, first do some heart preparation, yes. praise God, and then believe, come on, the supernatural, the things that only God can do, the things that we want to divide, only one. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. There's a prevalence throughout the entire scriptures, amen, of this precedent, amen, that the order of the divine, the order of a miracle, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Amen. In the book of Luke, the 11th chapter, amen, Jesus talking to the people, amen, there he told them in the ninth verse, I'm saying unto you, ask. Everybody say, ask. I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. In every case, amen, it's the askers, the seekers, and the knockers that got to do that first. Right, right, amen. He said, for everyone that asketh, that's ask with an E-T-H on the end of it, asketh, that's a Greek, that means a continuation of something. You just don't ask once, you keep asking. We're going to keep asking until revival flows into this place. Hallelujah. We're going to keep asking until God fills you with the Holy Ghost. We're going to keep asking. Praise God. He said he, everyone, not just some, not just the selected group, not the privileged. Amen. But everyone everyone that asketh, ask and keeps asking, receiveth. And he that seeketh, come on. Find it. You don't just search just once in a while or once in your lifetime. You keep seeking. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. And then Jesus says this. If you have a son that asks bread, will any of you that is a father give him a stone? If he asks a fish, will, will he for a fish you give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he you offer him a scorpion? And Jesus made this comment. If you then... Being evil, talking about our, our Adamic fallen nature we're born into. Right. If you then, being evil, know how to give good things, good gifts. Come on, the right gifts, the proper gifts, yeah. the proper fulfillment of the request. Good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father and then give the Holy Spirit yeah. to them that ask him? See, there's a whole other Christendom today. And the things that they got the Holy Ghost the moment they first began to believe and have a warm feeling, amen, about the God in the Bible. All right. The Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, amen, is something to be sought. It's something to be asked for. Yes. Praise God. Amen. It don't come automatically, amen, as soon as you place. Amen. Yourself in a seat of a church somewhere. Hello, everybody. There is some seat. Come on. We got to do our part first. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the Lord. In Matthew, the 14th chapter. Amen. Man, I feel excited today. Amen. Amen. Matthew 14 and verse 15. When it was evening time, his disciples came to him. Saying, hey, this is a desert place. Everybody seen pictures of Palestine, seen pictures of Israel, or been there. It, it's a lot of dried out area. They don't have cacti over there like we do on our Arizona desert. But, I mean, it's barren. It's, it's rocks. It's dirt. You know, uh, it's, it's not that burdened with greenery and trees. Amen. That's the natural habitat of the place. This is a desert place. The time is now past. Amen. Jesus has been ministering, been talking all day long to him. Send the multitudes away. There's 20,000 people there. Amen. If you count 5,000 men only, besides their women and children, the estimates are 15 to 20,000 people there that day. But Jesus said, they had asked, Lord, send them multitude away. Let them go back to their villages 
Amen. Let them buy themselves victuals or food. Jesus said, in answer to this, they need not depart. They don't have to go anywhere. They don't have to go to the market. They don't have to go to the mom and pop store. Come on, everybody. Hallelujah. Something's coming up here. Lord's going to do something. Praise God. They need not depart. You give them to eat. Praise the Lord. Hello. And uh, so the disciples, amen, humanity, the hands of a man had to go forth and look and investigate and peruse whether anybody had food. And I can't believe that big burly fisherman Peter didn't bring a lunch. John didn't bring a lunch. Amen. Judas Iscariot didn't bring a lunch. None of them brought a lunch. Amen. That wouldn't be like Pentecost today. (laughs) They scarred. They were putting their effort, their examination, come on, into what was out there. Amen. To fulfill what Jesus said. You give them to eat. How are we going to do this? You know, God says, have revival, have church. Preach the gospel to every nation. Come, how are we going to do this? Well, we got to put the go in the gospel. And the first part is go. Right. We've got to start going and make it forward. Momentum. Right. Amen. We're talking with somebody and praying. Oh, hallelujah. Get ahead of myself. And so their search, their human effort, amen, yielded them a little boy who had a mother with enough foresight. Hey, you're going to be hearing, amen, this Jesus of Galilee. I hear that his meetings are very, very long. Amen. A lot happens, and uh, you better take along a lunch. So she made him a lunch, amen, of a few dried fishes and some Jewish flat loaves. Hello. And so they found the little boy. The little boy was all that the disciples had to answer for, for their part and their answer in trying to help at what Jesus said, you feed the multitudes. Come on, 20,000 sets of eyes out there looking at Jesus and the disciples. Amen. And they come up with a little bad lunch. You know, sometimes what we can do, sometimes our part that we do unto the Lord and for the kingdom of God, sometimes it's so paltry. It's so small. It's so insignificant. It's so... Beggarly. Come on, everybody. Yeah. It's so so puny, but little as much when God is in it. Hallelujah. Right, right, right. They did do their part. There wasn't other, amen, they didn't have other resources for food, and that was actually all that they could come up with was one little lad's lunch. That's all that they could do. And so they brought what they found, amen, and brought it and gave it to Jesus. Hallelujah. And as miserable and as weak as that sounds, that that's all that they could do. Amen. Jesus did not complain. Hello, everybody. He is a good God. He is a sweet God. He is a loving God. He did not complain. Well, they did what they could. It wasn't very much, but they did what they could. And then he said, bring them hither to me. God wants us to bring to him. Amen. Our offering, our labor. Our work, come on, our desires, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. Here's 20,000 people. Another place elucidates more and says he made them sit down in companies of 50s and hundreds, just like little churches all over the place. Oh, praise God, everybody. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. On the grass. 
Amen. Luke says in the gospel about the same miracle, it was the green grass. Something happened here. When we start obeying God and doing what he told us to do right. and doing our part, yeah. amen, the miracles are already let loose and they're already happened. Because God carpeted that bit, that wilderness, that desert, yeah. amen, with a, a long, a green grass, amen, for them to sit down on. Yeah. You just start doing what God said to do. Come on, you just start. Hallelujah. And God will do miracles that you don't even expect, you didn't even ask for. Hello. Praise God because he's a good God and it's his pleasure to give you of the kingdom. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I believe he wanted them to sit down in companies of fifties and hundreds. Amen. Not just some mass thing. Amen. So that everybody, amen, in that party of 50 or 100 that was seated together, Amen. Could see the individual of one of the 12 baskets coming their way. And they could visualize and they could see and look over the edge of that basket from everywhere that they sat in that circle of 50 or 100 people. Amen. A fish head popping out again. Amen. A bread loaf growing again. Hello, everybody. God had the miracle multiplied to 20,000 sets of eyes. And he's got a way of doing it. God knows how, amen, to make revival grow here in Lathrop like you would not believe. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. 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 And so he took the loaves and the two fishes and looked up into heaven. Come on. Here's divinity is getting involved. The miraculous is getting involved. And he blessed. And he broke, and he gave the loaves to his disciples, and the disciples to the multitude, and they did all eat, and were filled, and took up of the fragments that remained, twelve baskets full. He's not a wasteful God. Amen. You're going to get everything, and you're going to get more, amen, than you started with, even after you fed the 20,000. Praise the Lord. But my point is, and what this point of the scripture is, is that they obeyed Jesus. They looked, they sought, they tried to find, amen, any food source or any availability, amen of anything to feed 20,000 mouths. Amen. And all they came up with was a little lunch. And God said, all right, bring that to me. Praise God. And when they did that, amen, heaven began to move. Come on, the wings of the supernatural began to move. The power of God began to move. The pressure began to flow. Amen. The next thing you know, those great baskets, those peace baskets were blessed of God. I will be an exciting church. pattern. You go first. A rampant through the scripture. <clears throat> you know, there was a, at one time, in America, history passed in, uh, I don't know what centuries, I think the 16th and the 17th century. There was a group of people in America, probably some into the 18th century, that they worshiped God. They worshiped God uninhibitedly and the power of God came upon them in such a way that they shook and they quaked and they rolled on the floor and so they called them Quakers Shankers yeah. Amen yeah. and I don't know I don't know how privy they were 
how much they had of the precious apostolic truth that we have from the Apostle Peter and the church and the doctrine in the book of Acts. Amen. But this thing I do know. There was the move of the Holy Ghost in those services because they heard them speaking in unintelligible languages. Amen. As they were rolling on the floor, as they were leaping, as they were clapping, as they were weeping, as they were twirling, as they were full of the demonstration and power and the joy of the Spirit. Praise God. It was a Spirit in filling. Praise God. But something happened. The devil doesn't like that. The devil wants to slow down. He wants to stop. He wants to kill anything that has to do with revival. And anybody, amen, having their name written on the Lamb's book of life, amen, to be saved. Yeah. And so somewhere in there, after decades and decades of this kind of, amen, worship, somebody said, well, this is too demonstrative. This is too loud. This is too overwhelming. This is too noisy. This is not uh, visitor friendly. Hello, everybody. And they concocted the idea somewhere in the elders of that thing that maybe it would be a better pattern that when we met together that we'd just sit and we would just wait and we'll wait for the Spirit to fall on us. If the Spirit falls on us, then that one will have an anointing and they'll give a a psalm or a song or a testimony or a a word of admonition. And and so things began to shift that way in, in a matter of a few decades. Amen. They lost the power. They weren't shakers anymore. They weren't Quakers anymore. Come on, everybody. God forbid that we should lose our worship yeah. and our enthusiasm. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come and on. God. Come on. Come on. How many times does the Bible tell you, lift up holy hands? Yes. How many does the Bible say, amen, if you have breath, praise ye the Lord. Outside of Jerusalem, because there in Bethany was a place of rest, place of quiet, place of friendship, place of people that respected him and loved him, and that was the home of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. You heard of those people, haven't you? Amen. So Jesus, the Bible said, would often resort thither, and it'd be a place, amen, of restoration, place of rest. And so Lazarus was very grievously sick. And so Mary and Martha, amen, sent to Jesus a messenger, because Jesus was not there on, on, near that area. And they sent the messenger with the desperate appeal of, come, for your friend Lazarus is sick. He's sick unto death. It's urgent. Come, Lord. But Jesus deliberately stayed a couple days longer in the place that they were ministering. Hey, when God takes his time, he's up to something good. When it takes longer to answer and longer to get through, when we wonder, where's God, where's God, where's God? Hello, everybody. He's got it all under control. I said he's got it all under control. And he comes just 
just on time. They come at the right time. Praise the Lord. And so by the time that Jesus came, Lazarus had been dead for four days. The Jewish tradition and thought, amen, their interpretation of things eternal was that, amen, the spirit would remain in the body, amen, for three days. And after that, it would get out of the shell of the body and go back to God that made it and the body returned to dust. So Jesus waited until the fourth day. So no accusation of him being, amen, some kind of a charlatan, trickster, or magician. Hello, everybody. Or that this fellow was just in deep sleep in a coma. Hello, everybody. This guy was stinking by this time. Putrefaction had set in. He was dead. He's been dead for four days. And so the 34th verse of John 11 chapter says, he said, where have you laid him? And he said, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Don't think that Jesus doesn't care about your life, about your marriage, about your friendships, about what happens in your life. He is a good shepherd. He cares for you. And he loves you. And he is a high priest that is easily moved with compassion. Amen. About our infirmities in life. And so some said, behold how he loved him. Some said, could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not die. Amen. Jesus was not just a man. He was not a mere prophet or a great prophet. He was not the second person of a supposed and imaginary triune, trinitarian Godhead. Amen. He was God manifested in the flesh. He said to them, Philip, don't you know when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father. It was God manifested in the flesh. Praise the Lord. Oh, and he was utilizing beautifully and powerfully, amen, all the facets, amen, of human personality, amen, and everything through the man Christ Jesus and exhibiting him in his love, amen, his care, his concern for his friends and for all humanity. And they said, and they rightly said, this man, if he'd been here, he could have opened up, amen, and healed Lazarus because he's opened his blind eyes and he's done many, many, many miracles, praise the Lord. They had that confidence, praise God. Oh, Jesus groaned in himself and come to a cave, a grave, and it was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Now, let me just say this. The stone on the grave was nothing to God. It was not in the way for God. He's going to cry, come up hither. At the blast of the trump of God and the shout of the archangel, amen, from the presence of heaven, amen, and the church, amen, is going to be raised up, amen, in a moment, yeah. in the twinkling of an eye, out of this world, in this place. Those who died, amen, in years and decades and millennia past, amen, whether it be from the ocean floor, amen, whether it be from graves all over the world, are going to be resurrected. Yes. He is. The resurrection. And a stone on the grave wasn't a problem. It wasn't in the way for him who was the resurrection. He flung the stars out into space and called them by name. Come on. They're nothing too hard 
for God. Yeah. That's what God told Abraham. Is there anything too yeah. hard for the Lord? <laughs> so that it was a big gravestone. The gravestones that they had in the New Testament time and before that, they, they dug a, a cavern out of a, usually soft limestone cliffs or whatever. And they dig back in there and it was a natural cave. But they would build, the workmen would build a trough, a running trough in front of it that had a space and had uh, sides to it there. And then they would somehow get this giant stone. It could be only three feet tall or it might be eight feet high. Could be four inches thick or eight or 12 inches thick. It could weigh 500 pounds or it could weigh 4,500 pounds. But it was no small stone that was rolled into place above and, and into that cave so that nobody could go in there and invade the, the tomb. Come on. I'm telling you, that stone was not a problem to Jesus. You know, there's a lot of churches even that's got a, a stone in their way, yeah. in the pathway to the revival and the miracle that's beyond that stone. Amen. It's on that slab there and it's called dead that God wants to resurrect. There's a lot of churches even that's got a stone in the way. But the stone was no problem to God. God could have just commanded, looked at it, and it could have blown to atomic particles. Come on. Just our sun is a million miles in circumference and has, I think it is, a million degrees surface temperature. Hello, everybody. And you're talking about the one, amen, that flung all these into space and calls them by name and that that stone, amen, was in the way. It was an inhibitor, amen, for what God wanted to do. God was stopped dead in his tracks. He couldn't go another step forward. I'll tell you, he could have just said, Lazarus, come forth and rebuke that stone. And it could have fragmented it and Lazarus would have come out. But there's a reason why the divine one, the supernatural one, the glorious God that we serve, praise God, amen, did not just say, Lazarus, come forth. He wanted humanity. He wanted disciples. He wanted mankind. He wanted people. Amen. Involved first. So he says, roll or take away ye the stone. Just like you had to come up with a little bag lunch, this time I want you to roll away the stone. And to roll away that stone for men was not that easy. It would take some cooperative effort. It would take, amen, men on one side of the stone, amen, pushing, maybe somebody with a piece of wood and another stone using it as a fulcrum to help, amen, ply it upwards and down. It would take a group of men straining, amen, in the Palestine sun, sweat streaming down their necks and backs and off their feet. Come on, everybody. Amen. Every muscle strained, every vein popping out on their necks. Amen. They're straining to push, amen, the stone out of the way. You know, the problem with some churches is that they got one set of people standing on this side of the stone and another people standing on this side of the stone to try to have revival, and they're pushing against each other. Here's an easy solution. Find which side of the stone the pastor's on and push with him. Amen. That was free. Amen. So they grunted and they pushed. Let me just say this. Sometimes our part to receiving the miracle from God. Sometimes it's not so scrimpy and so small and so puny. It's just a little lunch. Sometimes there's going to be more strain 
more effort in the enterprise, more push. Sometimes it's going to be more than just a good night Jesus prayer. Yeah. Or a now I lay me down to sleep. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Yeah. Sometimes God just wants us to throw everything that we have into prayer yeah. and seeking his face. Yes, and so they pushed and they strained and they pushed and that stove was creaking and rolling down its pathway. And Martha, amen, the devil's always trying to throw in obstacles of every kind you can think of. Martha, the sister of Lazarus that was dead, said, Lord, 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 by this time he's thinking, come on, let's not violate, amen, somebody's sacred resting place here. Amen, come on, but Jesus kept going on. Those men kept the pushing. Come on, everybody, hallelujah, until the light of the day began to shine in the cavern of that cave. Can you say praise the Lord? Jesus lifted up his eyes. Come on, we're going to get to the place, amen, with the divine wings, with the power of God, with the glory of God, where only he can do what's about to take place is going to happen. Praise the Lord. He lifted his eyes up to heaven. Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the miraculous and the supernatural that is easy with God, that is every day with God, amen, that is easy with him who is the resurrection. Amen, something began to move and that man that had been dead for four days and wrapped up like a cocoon on that slab of that cave there, it began to roll and move around. Somehow he swiveled himself. Amen. Because life was in him now. Amen. Off the edge of that. Amen. Resting place. Amen. I don't know how he did it, but he had to, come on, he had to scoot his way out of that cave into the open light of day. But God wasn't through with what he wanted in the contribution. You see, this is not a one-man show. It's not God going to do everything yeah. and we do nothing. God That's looks right. for a partnership. Yeah. He looks for a worship. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Come on, everybody. Good, We're going to do our part. We're going to be co-creators with him, co-inheritors with him. Praise the Lord, everybody. Yeah. Praise God. We're going to do our Amen. part. Amen. So he looked for a little bit more help Hallelujah. from the disciples of humanity presence. And they had to get a hold of him. And they said, he said, loose him. And let him go. You, hands, get over there. Amen. And find, amen, where the weeping is of that thing. And begin to, amen, go around. They had to go around him and around him and around him and around him and around him. Taking that wide, amen, off of him. Amen. Many times they were buried in grave cloths and ointment that weighed up to 130 pounds. They just around and around and around and around and around. His loosing was not complete yet. Amen. Until men, his friends, come on, the believers, amen, did their part and unwound him. Stand with me tonight, or this morning. Praise the Lord. The people had seen through the preaching of the Apostle Peter. They were pricked in their heart. When Peter began to say with them the day that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, was first poured out in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, as promised. And they were looking at them like they were drunken men and women. They were so exhilarated. 
and so full of the joy and the power for the first time human flesh, amen, had the spirit of God, amen, able to penetrate and live inside of it because the proper sacrifice, amen, had been made. Praise the Lord, everybody. And Peter's preaching convicted their hearts because they saw that they had been partakers in the death, the crucifixion of Jesus. They had given assent. They had cried out, crucify him, crucify him, away with him, give us Barabbas, crucify him, crucify him. Amen. We have no king but Caesar. Hello, everybody. Yeah. And so they were convicted that they had had part in calling for his crucifixion. And Peter said this. They said, what shall we do? What, what shall we do? Men and brethren, they're looking at Peter and the, uh, the, the other 11 disciples or apostles are standing behind Peter as he preached this day. He wasn't alone. Amen. What shall we do? How are we going to be right with God? How are we going to get under this horrible, horrible offense? Amen. Of killing. Amen. The Christ. And Peter said, repent. Yeah. Repent. And be baptized. Yes, sir. Repentance is something only that you, your life, can do. Being baptized in Jesus' name. God doesn't baptize you in the water. Amen. He has a man of God. He has a pastor. He has his shepherd. Come on, everybody. With those hands, amen, to take you under the water. Amen. Calling upon the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ. So the second step of salvation is the work of the hands. Praise God. And then he says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Right. And that's something that only God can do. Is pouring out his spirit. But we had to do our part first. We had to do our repenting. We had to do our baptism in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody. And then, hallelujah, he will do his part and fill us. Let's raise our hands to the Lord and love him today. If you want to get touched by the power and the presence of God, I want every believer and everyone here to come to the front tonight. And we're going to do an exercise of just getting into his presence. We're going to show him, amen, that we care, that we love him, that we desire him, that we long for him. Praise the Lord, everybody. God's wanting to pour out his love. He's wanting to pour out healing. He's wanting to pour out an answer to prayer today. He's wanting to pour out the Holy Ghost today. Come on, praise the Lord. Let's do our part. Let's lift our hands. Let's praise the Lord.
God, I pray you touch Abel right now.